Alrighty, friends, it's time once again for another... Ascendant episode Asc- of V8 Radio. Ascendant episode. Wow, right on. So that yeah. means uh, it starts low and, and gets high. <laughs> right, it starts low and gets lower. <laughs> it's a, a, a descendant episode. Descendant. Yeah, An right. ascending descendant episode. Oh, right on. Well, uh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm your host Kevin Osti, joined as always by your esteemed co-host Mr. Mike Cubal Clark. Hello there. What is happening? What is happening, indeed? Um, I tell you what, I've been thinking twenty four seven about SEMA, SEMA, oh. SEMA, SEMA. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what dominates my thoughts. Yeah. I talk to people on the phone like, did you know I'm going to SEMA? Nice. And anyone who's in the know says, I hate you so much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to go to SEMA. Yeah. So yeah, now I would be used to that response, you know, because people mm-hmm. telling me they hate me is nothing new around right. here. Uh, yeah, that's the norm too for me. Okay. What can I tell you? Well, good for you. That's awesome. It's mm-hmm. uh, it, it's going to be exciting and, and we are rapidly uh, uh, completing our plans and, and getting things together. So, um, Dig it. Yeah, yeah. But before we get too far into all that nonsense, mm-hmm. uh, f- for those who listen routinely, you need no explanation here that the beginning of our show, we always like to start off with some sort of automotive trivia question, which is uh, you know designed to engage our listeners and each other to see if uh, we have the chops to answer one of these ridiculous <laughs> questions <laughs> and you listening can play at home you can talk you can talk right to your device it'll be okay you can answer right to it talk amongst yourselves that's right that's right so uh have you prepared a trivia question this this episode yes sir as yes as it is my one one duty of the show that's my one piece of show prep i'm required to do <laughs> well you came up with uh, ascending uh, ascendant yeah i have that in my back pocket so uh but yeah here uh we do have a trivia question today um i feel kind of bad for all the Jackass questions I've been giving you. Lately. <laughs> oh, thank you. Wow, nice. <laughs> Especially Buick stuff. And yeah, you know, I've been thinking about that. I'm like, eh, you're better than that, Michael. So um, uh, this one should be pretty easy for you. Um, and we're going back into the world of uh, Carol Shelby. Mm. Um, what was the one and only year for the Shelby? 500 GT 500 KR 1968 Are you my, sure you want to stay with that answer Kevin? That is my guess. <laughs> I'm going to give you a complete chance to retract that if you like. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say 68. Kevin says 1968. Yeah. Very good. I'm going to write that down. All right. All right. Short, sweet, to the point. Well, now that I think about that for a sec. Oh. This was the, did you say GT500 KR? Yes, I did. Uh, well, technically, that's that's a 67. What model year was the KR? 67. Yeah. So I said 68. You did say 68. But I want to say 67 also. Hmm. But I but I but I, I think it's 68, so 
You know what they say, your first instincts are typically the best. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the only reason Unless... why I get crossed up on that one is I know that it's it's a 68. I don't I don't change my <laughs> answer. I'm going to stay with that. It's a 68. <laughs> all right, I'm locking you in. All right, all right. 68 all right, it is. All right, all right. All right, to reciprocate, um, this is, uh, I don't know, fairly fairly simple, I guess. All right. Uh, why are they called bias ply tires? Oh, um, oh, oh I, I know this answer. I just have to be able to verbalize it. Mm. Um, the, 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 it has to do with the construction of the tire and... They bias plies are built with the oh Jesus mm-hmm. the uh, strands of the um, of the tire material going in one direction and then the next layer is crossing over the opposite direction on a on a particular bias is what they say um, unlike a radial construction which um, the um, Oh, I know this question. <laughs> you can think. Um, you can work through. You know, work it through here. That's, that's all right. Good. I mean, yeah, we we got time on this one. We're good. Without getting into this, the nuts and bolts, it has to do with the construction of the plies. It's the, the it's different plies, and they the way they're laid in the mold, they um they are uh like overlapping each other in like opposite angles, so thus producing a particular bias in the your construction and okay sweet jesus uh, how, that was terrible how 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 do you want me to write that <laughs> <laughs> incorrect <laughs> uh, i mean i just trying to make it concise here so so of that explanation what do you think the most important pertinent pertinent part that truly defines the the direction of the plies and had the, in the construction of the tire. Okay. Uh, it, the, the, almost like a straight, um, uh, a straight pattern versus a radial pattern, like in a quote, radial tire, uh, unquote. A straight pattern versus a <laughs> radial pattern. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are you're a peach, you know that. I'm just trying to <laughs> make sure that I give you proper credit. Yeah, for no, what, for I, what I, you're I, trying I, to say I, here. I mean, I can visualize it in my head. I can because I, I've, I've, se- I've seen this. I, I mean, I, I've read about this, and and I, and I understand the the concept. I'm just having trouble putting it into words that are concise enough to where you can say, "Yes, you're right, Mike," or "No, you're not right, Mike." <sighs> right. So, that yeah, that it, that it, would be what we're looking for. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it's the direction of the plies in the way the tire is constructed. Okay. That's it. That's what I got. The direction of the plies in the way the tire is constructed. Uh huh. Concise. That works. Yeah. Okay. That, that's your final answer. That's where you're going. Yeah. That's my final answer. Okay. Good. All right, so we got that out of the way right on. Yeah, and we will we will reveal the proper answers to these questions at the end of the show. So stay tuned, Mm -hmm. as they say. 
As they say. Trevor in our uh, our mechanic shop likes to say that. Is that right? Stay tuned. But he's talking about the calibration on the car, you know. Ah. Of course. Stay tuned. Dig it. Dig it. That's it. We are having Uh, some... uh, some tuning challenges right now, as a matter of fact, at the V8 Speed and Resto Shop. Yeah, interesting Uh-oh. stuff, uh, because nobody has an answer right now, which is al- oh, always brother. not fun. Um, putting the And I've been saying this for a while, putting the finishing touches on the LT4 Supercharged 1969 Camaro project. Yeah, uh, yes, sir. Car runs and drives great. It, it makes insane power. Um, mm-hmm. We've talked about this before. Put 672 to the rear wheels. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got the drivability that was promised. Um, Trevor and Tyler, two of our mechanic technicians, took it to the um, the Holly LS Fest in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Oh, uh, no kidding. Yeah, it's a little shakedown run. Drove it from our shop in uh, near St. Louis all the way to Bowling Green. And um, it was uh, graciously hosted in the Forge Line booth. They, uh, they oh. had their semi-trailer there and... and uh, had the car on display with another Corvette because uh, this Camaro has forge lines on it. Uh-huh. And had the hood popped and people were taking pictures and all that jazz. Everybody had a great time. But the thing cool. the thing that the car is doing is uh, this LT4 um, has a very specific uh, ECM because it's a direct injection engine as well as being right. supercharged. All the LTs are direct injection. And... Uh, we believe, or we thought initially, this car has a six-speed manual transmission, and we thought it might have had an ECM calibration uh, for a six-speed in its factory application, even though this is the GM um, aftermarket ECM. So what, okay. what that means is that we didn't take the computer and the harness out of another car and put it in this one. We bought the part that you can get from the GM catalog, and... Uh, we you know we thought it's an automatic or it's a manual we'll get the manual thing blah 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 and they only they only had one option at the time when we purchased this about a year ago but what the car does is as you rev through the gears and you get it in boost and and say you're gonna rev it up to to five grand and hit the clutch and grab the next gear mm-hmm. when you hit the clutch and get your foot off the gas the rpm continues to escalate Whoa. Yeah. And luckily there is a rev limiter in the car that we have programmed at about 6,700, I think, somewhere around there. Uh-huh. And we noticed this uh, on a test drive that uh, all of a sudden we had this little issue that it continued to rev. And it's only in certain situations. It's not like it's it's the old Audi 5000 Southern Acceleration <laughs> problem. Remember that? The right. 80s? Yeah, yeah. People oh, were complaining yeah. that their car was just taking off on its own. This is mm-hmm. definitely not that. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, being methodical and analytical, we came back to the shop and, and, um, so Trevor is working with, uh, uh, one of our, our tuning, um, outsources being Mike Norris at Mike Norris, um, motorsports in Indianapolis. Uh-huh. He's a, he's a brilliant guy. Great, great friend. Good help. And Norris doesn't really have an answer, uh, yet. Uh, he, we've been talking with General Motors and and their tech oh line, and their their tech line is their tech line is not a direct hotline to engineering. So mm-hmm. the tech guys are like, well, what we can do is verify your part numbers, make sure you got what you're supposed to have. So right. uh, we've verified that you know the ECM is you know yes and no whatever, 
And today there are uh, two new part numbers in the catalog that were not available back then. Oh, really? So, so we thought, okay, maybe, maybe there's something that we don't have that's been revised. And we asked our, our tech guy at GM, you know, can, can we get the calibration from engineering? Well, engineering doesn't really let that stuff out. Um, so we're, we're a little bit stuck there. And and we did have a thought that perhaps the, the harness and the ECM needs to know where the clutch pedal is. And what we've learned is that on a, like a Z06 Corvette with a manual, there's a micro switch on the clutch. So it knows when you've got your foot on the clutch and maybe it controls that, that free revving uh-huh. throttle follower is what they call it. Um, so Trevor has found an input on the harness for that switch and has looped it closed and driven it open. We haven't put an actual switch on it yet. Neither, right. neither one of those seem to have any effect at this point. Okay. So uh, that's in a nutshell kind of where we are today. And, and it's one of these things where really you know, kind of nobody's to blame um, because it's uh, it's just a weird phenomenon. And we've learned that, right. that other people are having this issue in some LT4 transplants. And I think Trevor has learned that there are people with LT4 stock applications, like in the Corvette, that are, are seeing this happen. So oh, it's starting to kind of point back to maybe there's a patch in the in the ECM calibration code somewhere that mm-hmm. needs a little work. We use a, a tuning suite called HP Tuners, which right. can see most of the calibration, but there are tables inside there that it, it cannot see. And uh, we were able to compare our calibration to a, a fresh stock one, and there are no differences uh-huh. outside of some of the tuning things we have done, but nothing along the lines of throttle followers or anything like that. So, Oh, wow. So, yeah, this is, uh, this is what happens sometimes when you build stuff that, you know, uh, is adapting technology from one platform to another, and, and you're going to have to uh, work through this kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but the, the, the cool thing is you are going to work through it, and you are going to figure out where that bug is. And you will be able to get a software patch or firmware update for that ECU, which is great. Yes. So. Yeah. No, we're, we're confident we are. And, and I really have to thank the owner of the car's name is Larry. I really got to thank Larry for being patient. And, <clears throat> and not only is he patient, but he's kind of enthused about this. Not, not that he's happy uh-huh. about the problem, but right. he likes, he's been part of the research, um, yeah. you know, process. He's, he's reached out to people. He's, finding stuff online and talking to people. So it's really a team effort between, you know, us and the customer and GM and other tuners out there and other people that have this. And and that's what sure. makes it kind of, at, at least kind of, of, you know, solving problems c- kind of can be fun. Um, it's, it's far more fun when it's solved. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. I would be all about that. I would love being able to be involved in and finding that type of solution, even if I if I was the customer, I would totally be on board with all of that because I, I more than anyone love to figure out a solution for something. Well, and and I really again have to credit the customer because obviously he's getting kind of frustrated because it's taking longer than anybody expected, and right he's he's got to pay for it, you know, which sucks. Yeah, uh, well, there's and, that, and this it's just time, you know, and it's like I. Uh-huh. Luckily, we have a great communication with him where we're, he knows that we're not just 
jerking around and wasting time. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to do everything we can to just, let's just get to the answer and not play science project time and let's try this, you know, and because yeah. you know, we, <laughs> right we have on. that responsibility <laughs> to just get the answer. And, right. and, um, so it, it, it has been kind of cool to see the, the, uh, the aftermarket tuner and, and community kind of come together on this one. Um, mm-hmm. because as soon as somebody gets it right, we're all going to benefit. We're all going to, Oh yeah. All going to win. So, yeah, for sure. That's that's pretty interesting stuff, man. I'm um um I eagerly await the solution to yeah. this uh, to this issue. Right. Me too. So, Me too. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it it can get a little sticky because again, when when the, the clock is ticking and the and the uh, the meter's running, right? You know, you you just want to get there as fast as you can, and when. Yeah. Uh, so our latest chapter, from a technical standpoint, is we have a uh, a snap-on uh, digital device that can data log the car. So the HP tuner software will data log as well, but the guys at GM can't read that data log because they don't have the HP tuners software. It's an aftermarket oh. software, but they, right. they can read a data log from a snap on tool. So luckily huh. we have that tool. So we've been driving it and demonstrating the challenge, you know, whatever it's doing and then sending that to them and, and they will, they'll get the data log. And because it's GM and it's such a big company, it's unusual to get the same technician back on the phone. so you kind of got to start over again sometimes and and then they've escalated the 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 problem at least so that you know the code has landed on a on a desk of an engineer and and they Hmm. looked at some of it and they got back to us they said okay guys do it again send it again (laughs) so now we're sending them you know repeat runs of of data logging and we are not the only uh you know customer that gm has so uh, I'm sure that really? there's a, yeah, yeah, you believe that? Uh, so there's a, uh, a process that, you know, I think they look at whatever lands on the desk in front of them and, and they analyze that and then they, they send a response to us and they move on to the next one, you know? So right. you kind of got to wait your turn, which adds a little bit of time. But like you said, yeah. we're, we're confident we'll get there. Yeah. Oh, I know you'll get there. So what, what did you say again was the conditions... That would activate the this free rev? Um, as you are accelerating and you are under boost and, and uh-huh. the engine's making making power, yeah. uh, you rev the thing up and step on the clutch. And, and in a factory installation, so like in a Z06 Corvette, they have what's called active rev matching, uh-huh. wh- where the ECM knows you stepped on the clutch and, oh, yeah. and, and, and it will bring the it RPM. The RPM. Right. So that yeah. it, when the clutch engages, the transmission and the flywheel are matched RPM-wise for a faster, smoother shift with less slippage. And, and like, in, and Trevor's got a, um, a, Z, uh, a ZL1 Camaro. ZL1, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that one, you can shift that on the drag strip without a clutch. Oh, wow. From the factory. It's got a mode where you can just power shift the thing because it does that rev match kind of stuff. Um, and it, it, it's got active torque management so that, you know, as gears change, it doesn't try to kill the drive line. So 
in that situation where you're revving it up and you step on the clutch, we think that the ECM is trying to learn the speed of the trans, learn where the clutch is, learn the engine RPM, put them uh, all together. And instead sure. it, it just goes whoops and it revs up the motor with, and there's no drag on it because the clutch is disengaged. Right. Now, are you able to uh, disable that feature? No, we can't find no. it in the oh, calibration. <laughs> so uh. from what we can see um, in the calibration, which is a whole smattering of information, we can't see that feature. Right. Because that would be the solution. Yeah, just turn it off. You know, you could right. You can, you right. Can, not have it. You can do I mean, that. GM won't tell you where it is. No. And uh. even if they did, again, we, we've looked at every table we can and every right. function and scaler. So... Uh, it would be really neat. So the other thing is that, and you got to talk to somebody smarter than me about this, but it used to be uh, fuel injection tuning was done off lookup tables where uh, the information would come into the ECM. So your your throttle position, your engine temperature, your RPM, your, your vacuum signal, uh, vehicle mm-hmm. speed, and it would say, okay, under this situation, uh, I'm going to look at this table here and I see that... Uh, with those variables, I need to go up this row, and here's the cell that I need to adjust the air-fuel ratio. Right. Well, today it's all done off what they call virtual tables and theoretical tables. Oh, so wow. it's not even tables anymore. It's a, it's a calculation wow. of commanded amount of torque that it need that, that the car thinks it needs to accelerate, and then it programs that amount of torque to fuel, and the next thing you know, you're going forward. So it's like, Jeez. it's way the heck out there. <laughs> We're like getting into quantum mechanics now, for Pete's sake. Well, yeah, you know, and it's hard not to just, you know, Trevor will come in and tell me all this stuff, and I just kind of glaze over half the time because I'm <laughs> I'm not looking at the screen to see, you know, a correlation of what's happening. Right. Um, but that's kind of what we think is happening, and we think if it had more information, it, it probably would go away, but I don't know how to give it what it wants. So I see. Yeah. So uh, is it the transmission that you're using in there, is that the transmission that would go with that LT4? With all of its inputs and all that? Um, no, this is a um, a T fifty six Magnum. Okay. So it's a it's a similar, but not a, not like a GM takeout. I see. Um, I believe this is actually an aftermarket version of the transmission, which is designed to fit in other applications. But it, it does have. It's got most of the connections, but I, I, the manual, even in the factory application, I don't think the manual is a smart transmission. It doesn't have its own. It's a manual, so you're supposed to be right. the smarts, you know. But there is a right. smattering of sensors, and, and that's where we kind of landed on the clutch pedal. So, Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that this issue has only happened in, in manual transmission cards and not automatics. That's what we've learned, although um, somebody... Somebody was saying, I can't verify that they had an automatic that did it, but I don't know how that would happen. You know, an automatic as you're giving it gas and it goes through, right. the, through the gears, there's not enough time for an engine to rev right. out of control. But maybe it's trying to and the next gear catches it. You know, so maybe that's what the maybe. person, I don't know. And, and, and you got to get off the throttle too. So when you get off the throttle, it continues. Right. And, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, this is a cool problem. Well, well, I'm glad you like it. <laughs> you know, this all came yeah, from I saying, that. yeah, just from saying, stay tuned, got you this giant tangent. Uh, right on, right our, on. Our dear listeners. <laughs> but this is what you do. Well, this, is, this is good, interesting stuff. Yeah, well, I hope so. I mean. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like Maybe said, somebody the, out there 
might be able to offer a morsel of information. Hey, Kevin at VATV.com. <laughs> actually, .net. So, yes. .net. Send, Sorry. Send, that's all right. Send, send it out. Uh, I, yeah. I know it's not like we need to be the ones to come up with the solution. We, right. we need to be the ones that implement it as soon as we can. Yeah, right. we, we just need the solution. That's correct. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll call Gene Kranz. There you go. And have us Heck yeah. figure out how to work the problem and uh, and be... Uh, yeah. I, I heard he's a good problem solver. Yes, he is. <laughs> one, one of the best. So our, our last show, we were talking about how I, I believe I was listening to uh, to Neil Peart and uh, yeah. uh, on my walks. Well, next up is uh, is Mr. Kranz. So we won't, oh, sweet. won't get into that now, but my personal journey of listening to influential people, you know, he's he's one of them. All right. Well, cool, man. So, hey, what's going on with uh, with my favorite build you have going on in the shop right now? Oh, that would be the 67 GTO we're working on. You are very good. I'm glad that wasn't my trivia question. Yeah, right. No problem there. Uh, it is. Uh, it's getting there. It, it, it is actually going to go into the spray polyester stage of body work like Monday, I think. So a couple of days from really? now. Yeah. So all the metal work's done. All the body work's done. Right now, if you go back in the body shop, you will see the car um, basically skim coated with filler from end to end and sanded through to where most of that is you know, paper thin or less. Sure. Right. And as it sits right now, all the trim is reinstalled over the body filler. So we always make sure that uh, we fit the trim in bare steel and see what needs to be worked. And then we do our body work and then we put all the trim back on again to make sure that after it's painted, there's still enough tolerance uh-huh. there for that. Nice. The, the GTO letters and the window reveal trim and the headlight bezels and the. They got to be perfect. It's all got to be nice, you know. So That's right, man. So right now, um, that stuff is ready to come back off, and then we will spray it with the uh, spray of a polyester, which is a, it's like a spray body filler, and it will mm-hmm. it'll fill any sanding scratches and little right. little tiny things, and then that gets blocked, and then it gets primed, wet sanded, and then uh, base and clear. So it's sweet, yeah, and it's going to go back to its original color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was, was that Tyro Blue? I believe it was Tyro Blue with a black vinyl top. Nice. And a black interior. Yeah. It's a good looking car. Really good looking car. Yeah. Yeah. Great combo. Uh, Our uh, body man, Tim, has been block sanding this car for quite a while now. And it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's fun. You wave to him and he can't really wave back. You know, his arms are are eight feet long because of this car is a thousand feet long. And he's just... Yeah, there's a lot of quarter panel on that car. My goodness. It's a lot of everything on that car. Yeah, my goodness. Yeah, and it's got to be... I mean, I'm looking at mine. It's got to be difficult at best to... um, Get that get that rear quarter all straight and nice and oh yeah and having it look nice oh boy I can't I it's a black art to me and my hats off to all those guys that can that do that great kind of work yeah it, and it really is um, an art form and in fact my problem and I've done this um, I probably have painted maybe twenty cars over the years mm-hmm. you know my problem is I I never know when to quit. Oh, really? So I will get something that I think is pretty straight, you know, and it looks nice. And then it's like, yeah. And then I go in and I ruin it. And then I got to do it all over again, strip it out or reapply or do something. And it's really hard to, to feel, I can feel the problem areas, 
it, uh, it's just I guess I'm too aggressive with my I don't have a I don't have the touch you know I don't have a good enough touch to know right how to finesse that sandpaper and the block uh-huh. to be just enough to where it's dead nuts. Yeah, uh, I mean I think that's I mean it's definitely a lot of skill and it's definitely a lot of natural talent I think that a good body man possesses. Yes, he, I you could teach me to do body work. But I'd never do it as good as as the guys you have working for you and other shops have working for them. Never yeah. in a million years. Yeah, no, no, no. These guys, uh, I got to say, our our team is tremendously talented, and and they're able to pull these things off. And the problem, you know, with with doing the the body work and the sanding, especially in the filler stage and the polyester stage and the primer stage, is that the car is not shiny. So. Mm-hmm. You only see how straight it is once the clear is on and done. You can only Oof. feel or get an approximation in your mind's eye of what this thing's going to look like. Uh-huh. And, and you're going for that perfect flat black, I mean, that, that perfect mirror-like reflection where there's oh, yeah. no distortion, you know, in the, in the side of the car. Uh-huh. And, and to be able to know that you're there with something that's not shiny, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where things like guide coat really come into play. Oh yeah, and once that's right, you're you're probably pretty close. Well, you guide coat it again. <laughs> yeah, then uh, you, you keep know, guide coat. You just do yeah. it with a finer, finer grit uh, abrasive. And there is right. there are a few tricks. Like so, we have um, I call them zebra boards. It's essentially about a three foot square uh, foam core board that has uh-huh. black and white stripes printed on it. And, okay. and the one side's got a, about a one inch thick stripe an inch apart. And the other side's got a thinner stripe that's a little bit farther apart. And what uh-huh. you, what you do with these is um, you put them at the far end of the car and then you can look at the reflection of that board in the side of the car and you, uh-huh. you have a straight line reflection reference. And, okay. and like I was just saying, you can't really do this in, in filler um, but you can do it in primer, uh, because we wet sand primer and, you know, all the way up to, you know, 800 grit before it gets painted with color. So at that mm-hmm. point, the primer is actually kind of shiny. So mm-hmm. you can look down the side of the car, but the, the, the downside is if you find a big wave at that level, <laughs> you know, it's, it's either too late or you're going back, you know, you're doing it again, right. you know, so, right. Um, but in bare steel, you can use that device because you can get the car wet with like a wax and grease remover product and it, it will become shiny. And then you can uh-huh. see that reflection and go, okay, I definitely know I need to do some work here or there. Uh-huh. Uh, and there are those individuals who will use that wax and grease remover on body filler and make, uh-huh. make the body filler shiny. But that's kind of a no-no because you've got a chemical you've added to your body filler that uh-huh. it, that could come out later at the wrong time and cause lifting or some kind of problem. I see. Ah, the tools of the trade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd think cool. this stuff would be getting easier, but it, it seems to get <sighs> more precise and more finicky, you know, uh-huh. as each iteration. Well, yeah, I, I think I think what happens is uh, your factory cars, the fit and finish, have become so great Mm-hmm. If people want to see that, and they're classic, I'd love to see, you know, quarter inch gaps on on this car and 
have it be perfectly flat and not have any pillowing where the where the body panels meet, like in the 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 the, the front fender and the in the lead edge of the door and things like that. That'd be dynamite. Yeah, yeah, and and it's there's a couple schools of thought there because to me that that pillowing it has a place, you know, because that's what the car came with. So yeah, I know if I know uh, one way to get rid of all that is to just over mud the car. Yeah. Uh, and I know then, well, this car is made of plastic, you know, and we've talked yeah. about this before where it kind of loses its, its soul. Right. But at the same time, if you're going to spend a lot of time, if you're ready yeah. for that and, and you, you know that, okay, to get that little pillowing effect out of these panels means we're doing some work here, kids, and it's going to yeah. take some time. And if, you, if you're of the, uh, financial fortitude to command that operation. Yeah, bring it on because they do <sighs> look tremendous. They do. Yeah. I hate that pillow. <laughs> I know they came that way from the factory. I I get it, but I don't like it. I never have. I just to me it just it just smacks of of inferior build quality to me because I yeah. think panels should join nice and straight. Well, I, I don't That's, really see it as inferior, but I, th- I see it as speedy builds. I see that as uh, this, this fender was made in three tenths of a second. And mm-hmm. so was the door skin and bam, right. You know, uh, and it takes many, many hours to undo that three tenths of a uh, second, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but it can be boy, done. Howdy. We've, we've, we've certainly done it, you know, but it's uh yeah, the other, yeah. but you are so right. Today's cars are all, you know, soup to nuts, digitally designed, digitally produced in many ways. The, yeah. You know, the, the, the dyes are all digitally created and, and the stamping process is electronic. So there really is mm-hmm. no, no room for error or, and they figured it out, you know, and, and mm-hmm. when a customer comes in and they pull up in a, you know, they might, they might pull up in a, uh, a lower end, uh, you know, recent car, Mm-hmm. That that fits mind-bogglingly uniform mm-hmm. and tight and consistent, um, but where the downfall is on on new cars is the paint finish, because mm-hmm. they all have just such tremendous orange peel in them. Yep. And the you know I feel bad for the collision shop guys because if you go out and and you wreck your uh, your you know your Chevy Tahoe or whatever it is your new Corvette, the collision shop has to put that texture back in the car. Right. on their repair and there are chemicals that help that there's a mm-hmm. there's a clear that kind of bunches up a little bit and there's there's ways to spray that stuff so that you can't detect the repair was done but i know these painters are like man i really wish this was just glass flat you know i believe that i believe that <laughs> yeah oh yeah oh man so we have the ability to to make the stuff as flat as possible without being you know Again, there are cars that, you know, we're trying to do because the customer wants a faithful restoration, which didn't have mm-hmm. perfect paint, but it's each gets what they want. You know, that's what it boils down. Right. All right. I mean, could you still get, uh, if somebody wanted to go nuts and say, I want this lacquer, a single stage lacquer, can you still get lacquer paint? You can. You're not really, it's, it's funny because um, to use my own example, uh, uh-huh. I have that 70 Buick Riviera, and it was right. it was painted in GM's Magic Mirror acrylic lacquer finish, way back uh-huh. in the day, and it's a single stage, and uh, which means there's no clear or anything, and the bottom of the quarter panels 
are basically sandblasted because the the old lady that used to own this car lived on a rock road at the end of a farm uh-huh. and sped up and down the driveway and stripped all the paint off the quarters. So I was talking with our paint guy and uh, our paint representative who sells us our paint materials. And, and I said, hey, he's also big into restorations. I said, what do I do about this? You know, because if I, if I mask, there's a piece of trim there. And if I mask from the trim down and respray the car with modern chemical, that's going to be the shiniest, deepest gloss, right. base clear part of the car. And it ain't going to look right. Right. Because the rest of it's all original paint. And he said, no, nah, you don't want to do that. And I said, so what about a single stage modern paint? And he said, yeah, you, you can do that, but it's still going to be different appearing. And, and what he brought me was two aerosol cans. And one was a custom mix aerosol of the original color in lacquer. Really? And then he also gave me a lacquer base clear in an aerosol. Huh. And, and he said... Uh, don't really say where you got them, but you know we can we can still do it. And there's nothing illegal about it or anything. It's just right. I think the whole world wants to get away from that 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 does right. this because lacquer really doesn't stand up to anything, and it's it's pretty forgiving to spray because when I first started painting cars, it's what I was using, uh-huh. um, and you can make it shine, but it just it doesn't have the 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 chemical structure of a urethane. It doesn't uh-huh. have the UV resistance, you know. But to answer right. your question, it, it can be done. You've got to find a supplier that's willing to work with you. Uh-huh. Um, of course, the, the flip side of that is anything in mass quantities that you're going to spray with a gun, um, that has a whole different set of safety and EPA you know, emissions regulations. That is one of the reasons why right. lacquer went away, the solvents in it are. Right. And I'm not saying that the solvents in the modern stuff are any better because they're more nasty. Um, uh-huh. but the equipment is designed to handle it, you know, oh, okay. safety equipment is filters and I see. masks and stuff. Right, right, right. Well, I think art manufacturers are also moving towards a lot of water-based, uh, uh, paints. Yeah. In fact, I was told, I don't know if it's true or not, but the, one of the reasons for all the orange peel that we're seeing is because a lot of the primers now are, uh, electrostatically applied powder coat. Really? Yeah. So I think BMW was one of the first ones to do it. And the the primer is powder coated. And then the color is a water base. And then the, the clear is still a solvent base on top of that. Oh. But because the the nature of the powder, um, it it doesn't flow out like a, a liquid paint does. Right. It gets hot and it flows out to a certain extent. But it, uh-huh. it leaves that texture um, and, uh, and, and, and so that orange peel is really from the, the primer up. Huh. It's deep. Interesting. Yeah. So there's no getting rid of it, no matter what you try. Well. I mean, you could, you, you could can, wet sand it if you want. Maybe you can get rid of it to a certain extent, but right. probably never completely gone away. Well, and that's this whole um, service industry we're seeing of paint correction. And, uh-huh. and that's the term. And that's what these guys do. And I got a good friend of mine who's got a, um, he's got a Hellcat. We've talked about him before. And, sure. and he did a full wet sand and buff on the brand new Hellcat and made it look a million times better. I mean, it was, really? it was really, really nice. And nice. Uh, yeah, the interesting thing about that car is that uh-huh. the bottoms of the doors weren't painted in color. Really? You believe that? Yeah. So from what I, I remember him telling me the story and he, he showed me the car, he opened the door and he goes, look at this. We look at the bottom of the door 
and the car was plum crazy purple and the bottom of the door is gray primer. Get out. On the inside? I, yeah, where the weather strip is. Yeah, no kidding. And I said, what the heck is this? And he said, is this, you know, and, and what he learned is that those bodies that were, were hand, partially hand painted at a factory uh-huh. in Canada and, and only the Hellcats were done this way at the time. And he said, so if the guy missed, the guy missed. And he said, so knowing how crazy valuable the idiosyncrasies are of a first generation Hemi car, do I leave this uh-huh. or do I go back to my dealer and demand them paint the doors? And I said, man, I, I certainly can't predict the future. Um, yeah. I said, I'd I leave, pro- I leave it. I, I'd probably leave it too. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I'd leave it. And I think he sold or traded it and got another one because I believe he went through one being a manual and he wanted an automatic or the other way around. Uh-huh. Um, and the, the the current car is fully painted. Is that right? And he learned on some forums that, yeah, there's a batch of them out there running around that are thin thin or unpainted on the bottom of the doors. So. Wow, and he had one. Gosh darn it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he let it go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, the legend is only going to grow with that now. Right, oh, right. One man's defect is another man's treasure, I guess. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It is nuts how that happens with, with, uh, with factory-built cars. It, a little mistake that people, everybody knows about, small run of them have them, now they become so coveted that they just they skyrocket in value. Right, right. Well, and it all comes down to the reason why we like these cars a lot of the times is because they're unique and we want something different. And, yeah. you know, 10 people can go buy a Hellcat and there's 10 that are the same. So how does an individual one become more differenter than the others? <laughs> and if one's not painted all the way, well, then that's the one, you know. Right, Even right, if it's right. a negative, it's still a positive because it's, Di- different right. it's, it's unique it's uniquer yes yes and for your your sorry for another tangent folks but for a really short english lesson for the day it is <laughs> improper english to put an adjective before unique did you know that there is no such thing as more unique more unique if it's unique it's unique unique is unique right that's, that's a good point you know how i learned that one of our astute viewers of muscle car of the week Busted my nuts when I said, ah. this is perhaps the most unique. There is no most Aha. unique. This is unique only. So I, we I do read you. the comments, folks. And, uh, you know, I learned uh-huh. from it and then shared, mm-hmm. it, shared it with you. Yeah. Speaking of Muscle Car of the Week, this last, that, that 70 uh, Cougar Eliminator sure was a fairly unique car as well. <laughs> fairly. <laughs> 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 nice. In one ear and right out the other. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that certainly was. And what's cool about that particular episode is, um, you know, these cars, they have histories and, and other people have oftentimes researched them and written about them and whatnot. So um, there was a previous article done on that car in, I believe, Muscle Car Review magazine. And uh, some of the readers of the magazine are also viewers of our show, and they it brought additional information out about that car. So oh, cool! So I've I've since learned because I didn't see the article. I had my data from the previous owner and the Marty report and 
just uh-huh. some general stuff. But that one, all those Cougar Eliminators were supposed to have a black dash. Uh, and it's a great adjective that they use to describe the dash. They call it the camera case dash. Really? Because you remember what a camera case was, was that textured black pleather. Yeah. You know, and I guess guitar cases are similar and like amplifiers are, they got that, oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. crinkly black, you know. Sure. Well, that's what the Eliminator was supposed to have, but this one had a, a wood grain dash. Huh. And uh, it was brought up in that Muscle Car Review article that, the guy who bought the car had the dealer put the wood dash on. Ah. So it's been with the car basically since day one, but it's kind of not correct, but it is now because that's how it came. Uh, I see. Yeah. I see. Uh, just right. just like the Torino wheels, it's got the wrong wheels on it, um, but it was specifically ordered with no rear wing. Um, so it is a little bit of a, you know, a mismatch of stuff, which makes it uh-huh. more unique. More unique. <laughs> More uniqueer. <laughs> it's the most unique. <laughs> the most uniquest of all of them. Yes. It's uniquier than the others. Yes, yes. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm sensing a nice o- awesome. overselling adjective for a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> a more uniqueest episode of VA Radio. <laughs> That's awesome. That was my next one. Yeah. Oh, brother. And uh, not the last thing on that car that I wanted to hit on is you'll notice there was no big burnout in that episode. I did notice that. Yeah. And that one, it's all original numbers matching car. And we were getting a little bit of a, a cacophony of clattering from the from the depths when we first started up so that one's time it, it needs bearings and and uh, we didn't want to make it really need bearings and, yeah. a, and a crank or anything else so we were kind of easy on that one so all right yeah we're not you're not there to, to wreck them nope 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 i don't want to be that guy remember that nope. time when osti wrecked the car yeah <laughs> hopefully a sentence never uttered but that video has the most views of any muscle car of the week. Oh, you know it would. <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> that would be the last. And it would probably be the last episode <laughs> yes. of Muscle Car of the Week. It would be unique, though. <laughs> it would be unique. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right on. So anyway, right on. as we started this whole show, um, SEMA plans are all coming together. Uh, yep. we, you've got your travel figured out, I think. Yep. I hope. Did you get your travel figured out? Um, I'm figuring it out. Okay. It will. It will be figured out by the first of the month. Okay. Good. Um, yeah. We, uh, in our typical fashion, we we rented a house. We got the. I think Kelly got the house tonight. Um, uh-huh. And we've got a couple guys. So Ben, our our cameraman's going. Uh, Rod in uh, in marketing, he's going. Uh, mm-hmm. Trevor and Tyler, I believe, as technicians, are going to be out there for a while. Um, and then Kelly and I and you and uh, boom yeah and also one of our, our really good customers who owns that uh, that 72 Bronco with the coyote um, oh yeah his name is Grady and he's coming out as as um, he's also a uh, a photographer a damn good one so so he's gonna be uh, shooting photos for us there all right good he's a good guy you like Grady he's fun all right cool looking forward to it yeah so I'm stoked. Um, all the papers have been signed. I'm, I'm officially doing those four events for SEMA. So the Monday night SEMA reveal, the uh-huh. uh, new products banquet, the uh, SEMA central stage, and then the SEMA cruise. 
So mm-hmm. I don't know how I'll see you at night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. 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 I'll see you sometime. Yep. Yep. But we're, we're kind of putting our, our plan together for what we want to try to accomplish as a, as an entity, you know, uh-huh. as a team out there. Sure. Sure. Like, yeah. And we also got to, we got to work out our, um, McCacken, uh, after hours live. Yep. Yeah. Uh, presentation. I'm, That's coming up too. Holy I'm, cow. I'm getting Holy buckets. super excited about that one too. Uh, yeah. and that one, the, the word is now just starting to get out on that. We're doing a, a live show. We talked about a little bit in the last episode, but it's a live after hours, um, features, interviews, story time from a closed muscle car and Corvette nationals. It's an exclusive V8 production uh, that uh, we are super excited about, and you're going to help us out on the technical side there, doing a little direction. Um, Now to throw some logs on the fire, uh, I think we can finally talk about our fun at the PRI show in Indianapolis. And you'll recall that I texted you saying, is this SEMA trip going to burn up all your vacation this year? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Because, um, fortunately, so the, the PRI is the professional racing industry show. And, uh-huh. and a couple of years ago, 2012, um, SEMA um, basically obtained the PRI organization. So it's a SEMA-owned thing now oh no kidding yeah and but it's church and state it's two two totally separate deals sema is the uh especially equipment marketers association Uh, so that kind of covers anything on a car pri uh, is racing hardcore race speed parts race safety parts you know suspension engines chassis and the pri show is just a wonderful wonderful event because you have racers you got race teams you don't have some of the, uh, you know, styling accessories you'll see at SEMA, you, you got, you know, guys that, that do nothing but make a high-performance oil pump, you know, and they're there. Nice. And all the piston guys are there. And these are the hardcore, you know, racers from every aspect of, of wheeled racing. So it's dirt track nice. to NASCAR to F1 to drag race to diesel racing. I mean, you name it, it's, it's there. And that's in December in Indianapolis. And the fun thing for us is that uh, our fine friends at PRI said, hey, we kind of dig what you did at the SEMA show for doing interviews with people and whatnot. So how about we set up a VATV PRI stage at the PRI <gasps> show? You're kidding me, man. I'm not kidding you. So right on. It is a, Hell yeah. It is a super awesome opportunity. And, and it's, a, it's a different structure from SEMA... Uh, at the SEMA show, I work for SEMA. Uh, at right. PRI, it's Kevin from VATV, and PRI is working with us on the spot and the stage. And in exchange, um, we are providing them with interviews and editorial content that PRI can use uh, throughout the year as they meter these things out in email and social and whatnot. So okay. they have a list of, you know, 15 people or so that they, they want to see on the stage and, and get interviews done. And then we have time to create our own programming. And this is where I'm super, super excited because the goal is to have this stage be active the whole time of the show, which is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And, um, you know, that, that's a lot of time to fill. 
So what we decided to do just today, as a matter of fact, is um, we've come up with some some handcrafted roundtable discussion type presentations. So we're looking at doing two kind of big ones on Thursday, two on Friday, and two on Saturday, an a.m. and an afternoon. And uh-huh. one of the first ones that I am just super, super excited about is a roundtable with perhaps it's looking to be probably five, five or six people on stage. And myself as kind of the moderator. Uh, uh-huh. But one of them we're going to do is the uh, legends of NMCA. So this nice. is the guys who started the whole streetcar drag thing in the late eighties, early nineties, that, that really perpetuated the National Muscle Car Association streetcar drags, which today we see how far this has evolved into drag week cars and six second stuff you can drive every day. Well, back yeah. back then it was guys like Nick Scavo with his giant Impala doing eight second <laughs> quarter miles on the bumper on a car that looked bone stock, you know? God dang it. So these guys have some awesome, awesome stories that, that need to be shared. And I think um, a lot of these people need some recognition and to be in some cases introduced to, to new audiences and other ways, old friends, you know, getting together again. So Nick mm-hmm. is, Nick is going to be in it. And, uh, we have a, a, a hit list of some others that, um, haven't committed yet that I want to have there. And I'm telling you, this is going to be fun. Uh, not right on. And, and the, the mission is we're going to, it's gonna be a live thing. There'll be however much of an audience we can fit in our area. And then it's all going to be recorded, and then we will disseminate that afterwards socially and on our VATV television show, and uh-huh. it's going to be shared like crazy. So um, I want to do that one live, but the and maybe you can help me on this the uh, the Indiana <laughs> the Indiana Convention Center wants to charge what I feel is kind of an unfair rate for a an internet connection that is robust enough to stream live. So oh boy. here's what they quoted me for a three megabit upload, which is like dial up speed, you know, yeah. I mean, it's terrible. That's only 3,500 bucks. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. You can hotspot your phone and do better than that. I know. And, and, and so the, the, the muscle car and Corvette national show is after hours. So we're not fighting with the crowds, phones and all that stuff. So I, I'm not worried about that one. But uh-huh. the PRI shows will be right smack dab during the day. So all, I don't know how many thousands of people are going to be there, but they're all going to have phones that are doing something, even when they're not using them. Phones are, you know, connected. Right. So we'd have to buy a dedicated line, I'm thinking. Uh-huh. And, and so now I'm wondering if, you know, don't tell the guys that run the the Indiana Convention Center this, but I'm wondering if there's a way where <laughs> a business down the street you know, can, can juice their line and we get a repeater of some sort and, and piggyback off that or what, I don't know. So that's why this one probably won't be live, you know, unless, Uh unless we get some, some really, really tremendous sponsors that really want to help us out and see this happen live. Um, cause it's, it's just kind of out of the budget at this point. Um, Uh cause we have, you know, we got lights and staging and all the rest of the stuff and cameras to, to contend with. Uh-huh. But, uh, so it'll be, uh, you know, maybe the next day or two, you know, released afterwards. Um, uh-huh. but anyway, so the, the six 
main roundtables are are hopefully going to touch on. Definitely that MCA one. Um, I want to do a land speed, fastest people in the world roundtable. Sweet. I want to do something with... Uh, um, I... I don't, you know, so so the Drag Week event is not mine. It belongs to Hot Rod and those guys. Um, but I would love to have those guys, you know, on stage and, and tell us what it's right. like. And maybe they tell us what it's like to be part of a week-long road trip that involves drag racing at every stop. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and not the words Drag Week, you know, because I don't, uh-huh. I, prob- right. I probably can't pay to license that. Um, yeah. but the good thing is, uh, um, on, on drag week, which as you know, is cars going city to city and then racing their guts out. Right. One of the biggest sponsors there is gear vendors. And, uh, I've already uh-huh. talked to our friend, Rick Johnson, who, who runs gear vendors about doing this at PRI. And he said, oh yeah, I'll bring the guys, you know? So, uh, we, nice. we think that that can certainly happen. So that's cool. All right. Uh, we'd like, right. we'd like to do an engine builder round table of some sort. Uh, and, and, and identify some of the, you know, the hottest trends, um, in, in street engines and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then we're also looking at, uh, you know, maybe doing something on, on a real high end, you know, just, just to give people that, that really killer perspective of what it's like, maybe from an F1 standpoint or, or top level NHRA, um, drivers or pit crew chiefs or whatnot. And the beauty of PRI is those guys are already going to be there. You know, they're already there. Yeah. We just need to reach out to them and see if they'll schedule some time with us. And uh-huh. we have a little bit of legitimacy because this is the co-branded VATV PRI stage. So it's not, okay. it's not like it's just me going, hey, you know, you want to chat. <laughs> uh, and, and, and PRI really wants us to uh, uh, to do this because they, they want the sounding board and they want their showgoers and exhibitors and race teams to have a place to tell stories that are shared outside the walls. So I'm super stoked. I mean, it's, yeah, I am too. This is exciting. It is. Um, we, uh, we talk about the red meat, you know, it's, it's content that, that people can't eat enough of, you know, you're throwing red uh-huh. meat to the lions and, and these, these round tables are, are that they are red meat uh-huh. for the, the auto and racing enthusiast crowd. Oh yeah. And, uh, so, so that's kind of our, our top-level mission at PRI. And then below that is going to be um, everything from press conferences, you know, things that are happening at PRI that people need a stage for. Uh, and we're also looking at doing some seminars, some, some maybe shorter form. You know, the, the roundtables we're looking at doing about an hour apiece. Uh-huh. Maybe we do a, a half an hour, 15-minute uh, seminars. One of them is a real hot topic now, and believe it or not, it's towing. Uh, really? Because, yeah, and we, we got kind of bonged on it last year. Uh, the Department of Transportation is cracking down on individuals that have a small trailer with one car, and they're trying to make them be commercial carriers, and there's interstate laws, and there's insurance issues. and uh, Oh, wow. And it's really starting to make people's heads spin on, on what they can do and what they can't do. So we're thinking about doing a, a trailer towing symposium of some sort, you know, to help to help people out and... You yeah, know, it, it's it's our stage. We can kind of do almost sure. whatever we want. You know. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So instead of wearing the your SEMA shirt, you get to wear your VATV shirt. That's right. That is right. That's right, man. Yeah. So you want to talk about just a mind bending 
end of our year between SEMA, McCacken, and PRI. Oh, man. Uh, the, it, it is purely not sunk in to me that here's the biggest, most prominent aftermarket show in the world. Here's the number one muscle car show in the world. And here's the premier racing event in the world. And we've got to stage it all three. Yeah. And working with the event organizers to have the stage and not just poning up some cash to buy a stage to be there. We're, we're invited right. to be there. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they came to you. Well, we all came to each other, but they kind of did. Right. And I'm not saying that I'm, you know, anything special here, but what I am saying is in my head, the word, the immortal words of my father, you know, uh-huh. don't screw this up, stupid. <laughs> 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 I just over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome now you can kind of see how our last episode comes into play because I'm, I'm just i'm trying to be as sharp as i can and and not screw this up <laughs> trying, to, trying to get in shape that's, that's awesome getting a good headspace i never i never met your father <laughs> i wish i would have yeah but i can kind of hear it oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> Well, and believe me, that was the edited for radio version. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, my, my name was um, <laughs> interchanged freely with not only, you know, Kevin, but Stupid and also uh-huh. uh, Charlie Brown was the other one. So, don't <laughs> nice. screw this up, Charlie Brown. You know, I got a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, can't you believe in me? <laughs> yes, yes. And, and you know what? I know he did, but it was yeah. a, it was a good good pressure. Good good. Uh, rather than him saying, oh, "I don't care," I don't know. Right. You know. Yeah, that would be way worse. It, it, it would have been. So I, yeah. And my mom has a very high standard with everything, and uh, and I'm just drawing on those to be motivation to uh to make this make these projects really sing is what we hope so dig it well so far you haven't screwed anything up man that you know well you know at face value everything is shiny so well done well done yeah, so i guess that's all i got <laughs> no one's looking behind the curtain right heck I, I invite him behind the curtain man it's it's fun back there too yeah, 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 for sure. So you know, if you, uh, you you feel the need to burn your last remaining vacation day, you know, PRI oh, is yeah. also it's on a Saturday, and Indianapolis is yeah. not that far from you. So maybe you can come down for Saturday. No, it's like three hours from me. Yeah, yeah, I think three four hours. It's closer to. It, what? It's close. It's probably I think it's closer to me than I am to to you. Yes, I think it's just a little bit closer. It's probably an equal drive for both of us. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I always get screwed because Indiana changes. They don't do daylight savings time. So you go over the border and you lose an hour just like that. And then you're late. Uh-huh. So I had to learn. That. <laughs> right on. Well, yeah, Indy is uh, definitely Eastern time zone. So yeah, you got uh, you got to think about that. So, yep. In a, in a great city. So it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Lot, lot, so lots and lots going on, man. Yeah, I'll tell you what, you are, you can be a busy hombre. Yes, and, and relying heavily on a, on a great team, and um, mm-hmm. and we're all working together to make sure that the everybody knows what they need to get done, and we can mm-hmm. all get them done on time, and then uh, mm-hmm. it'll be seamless, and it'll be, uh, uh-huh. it'll be cool. Well, they, they've proved that, that they can do 
without you for a short period of time, you and Kelly, because you did get to take a vacation, a real vacation, yes. earlier this year. Right. And they they ran things and they did a great job. Probably nothing. But, nothing but, was on fire. No, they they probably <laughs> did better than when I'm there. <laughs> I just they, get in the way. <laughs> well, you know, I got to think that there's a little bit of breathing room when you know. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm nowhere near as bad as I used to be. As far as you, you, you know, it's tr- it's tricky. You want you want to make sure that everybody understands that details matter and it's a high standard, but you don't want to breathe yeah. over everybody's shoulder and uh-huh. you want to give them some room, yeah. but understand that they that they understand what is expected and then get away, uh-huh. let them do their thing. Yeah, know? and they're capable of delivering. They're capable of far more than that than what I yeah. want. You know, they're capable. Uh-huh. Of, we don't know what the capabilities are. It's never been uh-huh. never been the limits never been hit. So I love that, nice. you know, and that, yeah. but early on when we were growing and we only had a couple people in the shop, uh, the term that was given to me, I would edit video off site from the, the shop because we just, mm-hmm. that was our facility. So I would come in and, you know, check things over and talk to the guys, whatever. And they used to call me the seagull manager. Have you ever heard that one? <laughs> No. Yeah, a seagull manager because I would fly in and crap on everybody and fly out. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. Not intentionally, but I'd leave and then Kelly and the guys would be like, well, that sucked, you know. Nice nice to see that guy. Um, So I've learned to get away from that whole thing and uh, be far more appreciative. And again, learn learn what it takes to have a common vision and so, Uh so that they know. And, and so today, you know, I walk to the shop and, and I'm just amazed. I'm like, oh, wow, that looks awesome. You know, instead of why'd you do it that way or the, immor- uh, the immortal, I like what you did there, but, you know. But. <laughs> Let me show you what you could have done. <laughs> yeah, what kind of a jerk am I anyway? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, don't, don't, don't. You're a heck of a jerk, Kevin. Don't Thank you. kid yourself. Yeah, yes, yes, that. yes. Well, you're, you're a unique jerk. <laughs> <laughs> in fact i often have a unique jerk reaction right <laughs> oh man my jerkishness right is on. a uh, finely right honed on. skill mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> all right well i'm gonna guess that uh, we're probably close to trivia question reveal time aren't we yeah we're we're right about there for yeah. sure all right. all right i'll uh i'll kick it off here i asked you what uh what was the only year for the Shelby GT 500 KR? Which side note is king of the road, kids? That's right. Uh, um, and you answered uh, 1968. And you are correct, sir. It yeah. is 1968. Yeah, and I, I know where I got a little punchy there because you were you were far too agreeable with that. So I was yeah. I was thinking, is this a setup? Is he just going, yeah, you're right, yeah, yeah, Because the, the 500 came out in 67, but the KR was 68. Right. And that was also the first year of the convertible Shelby. 68. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Another nice side note. Yeah. Well, Shelby's just a trivia farm. I mean, there's just. Yeah. True. People know how many times that dude scratched his head with his left hand for crying out loud. You know? <laughs> I bet it's out there. All right, so uh, on on your side, the question was, what is a bias ply tire? And we distilled your dissertation down to (laughs) the the direction of the plies in the way the tire is constructed. Yeah, that's terrible. 
I can never be a teacher. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> well, and I don't think that's true. I think you're you're a good teacher. You can explain stuff. But this one just got stuck in there somehow. Yeah. Um, and I guess technically you're you're kind of right. Uh, the definition of bias is angle. The, uh-huh. the 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 chords run on an angle. Chords, right? I was that's or the belts, the word I was looking for, the strands, and, yeah, I, and and but you can apply that term bias. So so if you are going to go out and prepare some delicious smoked kielbasa sausage for your family, mm-hmm. if you cut it squarely down the middle, that is not. That's just a regular cut. But if you cut that on an angle, that is known as a bias cut sausage, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So anything that is the cords or the, the plies or the strands that make up the ply start at one point, run diagonally over the tire to the other side. Right. So the direction in which applies, kind of, you know, I guess it's right. I'll say it's right. All right. Because a, a radial starts on one side of the, the rim, essentially, and goes square right. squarely over the tire. Straight, so yeah, square to the other side. Yeah, and run straight across. All right, right. So I think I used the word angle in there somewhere in that rambling, babbling answer of mine. You'll have to play back the tape. I, I was <laughs> I was listening for it because I was going to mark that a correct right then and there. But All right, we'll see. In the spirit of the answer. So, hey, this is unusual. We both won. Holy cow. Lately, yeah, we've both been a couple of... <laughs> <laughs> failures. <laughs> <laughs> Dismal <laughs> trivia failures. <laughs> Oh, man. Tell you what. All right. Well, this was uh, this is a good one. This whole show is nothing but one big giant sidetrack. Um, <laughs> but, but then, you know, if you, if you don't have a destination in mind, is it really a sidetrack no. after all? No. <laughs> it's free-flowing, man. Yes. Free-form. Yeah, yeah. Well, I invite you to keep your eyes on that GTO photo gallery on our VATVshow.com website, and you will see it turn into... A uh, spray polyester. Uh, to me, that almost looks like birthday cake frosting. As soon as that gets yeah. sprayed out, and uh, it's always a turning point. A great, great thing to see. So keep your eye on that. And uh, if you like to listen to this show, you want to subscribe and be reminded when a new one comes out. You can jump on iTunes and uh, subscribe, or Stitcher Radio, Google Play, the i, um, the TuneIn Tune app. In. Yes, yeah, one always trips me up. The TuneIn app. Uh, of course, our Facebook page, and you can always go to v8radio.com directly and get the latest episode, uh, the latest ascendant. What was it? Ascendant. Ascendant episode. Yes. Of V8 Radio. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, man. Well, this one was fun. It was fun. I had a great time with this one. I appreciate that. Me too. And uh, I guess until we uh, see you next time, get your get your travel all knocked out. And um, yes, sir. We'll see you uh, next time on V8 Radio. Keep the shiny side up. <laughs> <laughs>